I want to go ahead and talk about something that I believe that will impact our lives in a great way. We started a series last week called Chain Reaction, Living by Design or Living by Default. And, uh, and I really, we're taking this whole thought from Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and we're going to start there. And it says here in Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now notice here, you're either conformed or transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. If we're going to prove out God's will, we're going to have to live our life by design. The Bible says that we need to be renewed in our mind, renewed with the Word of God in our mind, in order to prove out what God has for us in our life. Or by default, we're going to be conformed to this world. And so we're either living by design or we're living by default. Either way, there's a chain reaction that's taking place. There's things that are happening by the choices that we're making in our life. A matter of fact, uh, one of the things that I said here, or wrote down in my notes, is that uh, the choices we make, make us. The choices that we make, make us. And, uh, and if we, if we want to move from where we are today to where God wants us to move, then we're going to have to make good choices in our life. And last week we talked about the first choice that we need to make is we need to, we need relationships by design. We need to make sure that we're, we're, we're surrounding ourselves with good relationships, that our relationships truly determine where we end up in life. And it truly uh, determines what we experience in life. And so we need to have good relationships around us. And, and if we don't have good relationships around us, then we're not going to have the good life that God has for us. doesn't mean that we don't uh, uh, interact with different relationships and different people. And, and uh, we're supposed to be reaching those that are sinners. We're supposed to be reaching people that are far from God. Uh, Jesus ate with sinners, so we did, we're to do that. But let me tell you where Jesus spent the majority of his time uh, whenever he wasn't ministering, is he spent it with his disciples. He spent it with those that were uh, purposeful uh, in their life, those that were des- living their life by design. And that's where he spent his life. And so we talked about that last week. And, and today what I want to do is I want to talk to us about meekness. And you might think meekness, yeah, meekness by design. I pray, I pray and I ask God what he wants to speak. And when he dropped this in my spirit, I kind of, really? Meekness, okay. And, and honestly, I had to go back and, and, uh, and, and, and do some major studying on meekness and what it looks like and, and how, how that affects our life and how there's a chain reaction in, in living by design a life of meekness. And so what's that mean? Because most people don't understand what it means. Most people think meekness means weakness. But meekness is not weakness. In, on the contrary, it is great strength. An extreme strength. Probably strength at the highest level, living the meek life. And so we're going we're gonna to discuss that today. And so, so what I want to do, if you're following along with notes that are in your worship guide... Uh, the first statement that I make is kind of the, the, the platform of where we're uh, leading off of, is this, is by design we become meek, or by default we succumb to pride. Because the opposite of meek is pride. 
And pride is dangerous. As a matter of fact, it's deadly. It'll kill, it'll kill your relationships. It'll kill uh, pretty much anything and everything around. It'll definitely uh, cause you to not have the relationship with God. It'll kill a good, healthy, intimate relationship with God. And so pride is very dangerous. And so by design, we're living a life of meekness. Now, I, I, I honestly, as I got to studying this, I discovered that there's really four things that define meekness. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you these four words today, and then I'm going to give you a statement after those four, four words that really uh, will help you to, to uh, apply this to your life so that you're, you and I are able to live this life by design, this life of meekness, so that we're living this, this life of strength that really is strong. A prideful person is a weak person. Because a prideful person is doing what they're doing on their own. They're not doing what they're doing by the strength of God. The Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I'm going to tell you, you can't have the, uh, the strength of God happening in your life if you are resisting God and God is resisting you. Because God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And so we're going to talk about, as a matter of fact, and we'll share that in a moment, one of the, one of the characteristics of meek is humility. And, and so he gives much grace. He gives great grace to those that are humble. And so I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we need to understand that we need to be meek person. This needs, this needs to be the pursuit of every one of our lives. And uh, in Psalm 37, I'm going to read this out of two different translations, the New International Version and the New International uh, Reader's Version. First of all, NIV says this, it says, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Now notice this, not only do we gain great strength, but it tells us that we get to inherit the land and enjoy great peace and prosperity. There, there's things that we get to enjoy, the meek get to enjoy, that the prideful don't. There's things that we get to enjoy in our relationships and in every area of our life that the meek, I mean, that the prideful don't get to. And I want to read this to you out of the New International Reader's Version. It says this, but those who are free of pride will be given the land. I like that. They will enjoy great peace and success. It's those that are free of pride, those that are living a life of meekness that get to enjoy this. Isn't that cool? I think, I, I think if I didn't say anything else, we, we could go home and say we got the word of God. Meekness is my pursuit in my life. I'm going to be meek. And, uh, and so let me, let me break it down though. The design of the meek. Number one, that word meek means gentle. 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 Now, I didn't say weak. I said gentle. Now, notice here the statement that that I made. And I thought about these. And I I worked hours and hours and hours just research, researching, researching. And here's what I concluded. Is that the meek have their... Uh, their assertiveness under control. They're, they're, I mean, we can be assertive. God wants us to be assertive. But it needs to be under control. That's what gentleness, it's, it's, it's under God's control. Our strength is under the control of God. 
We become, we become sensitive to God. When, when I talk about being gentle, I'm talking about being sensitive to God. And, and if you've ever heard this term about a horse being meek and a horse being wild, the difference between a horse, a wild horse, I, I, I had my grandchildren as, when my daughter-in-law was in the, in the, uh, in the hospital for a week. Uh, my wife and I were privileged to be able to have our, our uh, older two grandchildren with us during that time. And, and uh, we watched an a animated movie called Spirit, and it was about a horse. You've already seen it. All right. That's one of his favorite. And so uh, it was a great, great, a great story. And uh, this, this horse was a wild horse that did not want to be tamed, did not want to be broken. And there was nobody. And, and, and so he was not a meek horse. He was a wild horse because he was under no one's control. He was in control. And so God doesn't want us to be a wild horse out of control or under our own control. He wants us to be a meek horse, if you will, under his control. And what does a meek horse do? It's sensitive to its owner. It's sensitive to the one that's controlling it. And so all a, all a meek horse need, all that needs to be done with a meek horse is you just barely, you just barely tap those reins. And it's so sensitive, it's so gentle that it, 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 it makes that turn at the command of its owner. A meek person under the command of our God, God just needs to barely tug at our heart and we make that turn. We make that adjustment. We go ahead and follow through or we pull back. Whatever he's, whatever he's asking us to do, that's what we do. And that's what God wants of us. I believe that's why he's able to give us the land. That's why he's able to give us that peace and give us that success and give us all those things that come with being meek. Now, here's what I want to show you that's interesting as I was reading this out. Because, you know, when you go to... If you're thinking about uh, hiring a, a, a CEO of a large company, I don't think uh, on, on their resume you would be looking for a meek person. Now, you might after today's message, but, or even a president. Yeah, I, I, we, you know, God, send us a meek president. Give us a meek president. That at the command of God, he does what God wants him to do. But let me tell you, God found somebody that he could use to, to deliver a whole nation of people that were in bondage. And his, his name's Moses. And, and here's what it says about him in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. It says this. Now the man, of, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. I believe is because is Moses, as strong as Moses was, and he was a strong leader. You don't, you don't lead a couple of million people without being a strong leader. As strong as he was, he was gentle. He was meek. God could tug at his heart. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. He made mistakes. He murdered. He did, he did some stuff. He got angry occasionally, but all in all, God could put, tug on his heart. 
and guide him and direct him and, and, and use him in a very mighty and powerful, powerful, powerful way. He was tender and sensitive to God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's the meek that are going to rule this earth. You want to rule in, in wherever you're at in life? You want to be a person that is strong in whatever you're doing, in your family, in business, in wherever? Then you need to be gentle. You need to be sensitive. You need to be under the command of God and allow Him. Become so sensitive to, uh, that you, just, you are always aware of his, of his leading and His guidance in you. And where He can just, he just, he just barely taps them reins and you're making that adjustment, that turn. You're doing whatever He wants you to do. That's what, that's what it means to be meek, number one. Another, def, another part or another equation, when I think about uh, meekness and what, what, uh, that makes up the word meek or makes up the person that's meek is that the ingredients, I'm not a cook by any means at all. But I know that there's certain things that you, you need several ingredients to produce whatever it is that you're wanting to produce, whether it be a cake or whatever. And so if you leave, some of the, uh, leave a, a portion of that uh, uh, or an ingredient out, ingredient out of that, uh, that mix, then it's probably not going to work for you. In the same way in our lives, we need all these ingredients in our life in order for us to be the meek person that God wants. Number two, the second thing that we need to understand about meekness is that it's a humble person. And here's, here's the statement I made in this, is that the meek have their attitudes un- under control. See, a prideful person has the attitude that they can do it all on their own. A prideful person thinks that they can go day by day without praying. A prideful person thinks that they can go through life financially and not have God's help. And, and, I'm, and listen, there's no condemnation. I'm not saying this to condemn anybody whatsoever. But I am submitted to God in my tithes in giving him the first tenth because I am totally dependent on him. I need him. I cannot do this without him in life. And, 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 I, and, and, and that's just one area. There's multiple areas in our life that I think we carry on in life thinking that we can do it on our own without his help. And I just want to challenge you to be humble. A humble person is not a weak person. A humble person is not a person that thinks less of themselves in the sense that they're, they're a worm or they're... Uh, you know, or that type of thing. They just don't think about themselves as much. It's all about God. And, and so a, a humble person is, is totally dependent upon God and, and is daily, daily saying, God, I need you. Daily they're seeking God. Daily they're seeking His direction in their life. And in second, the second thing in that area is that daily... Uh, they are living by God's words and God's principles. When we go by our own ideas and we know what God's word says, then we're being prideful, think, saying, God, I know better than you. And that's scary. When we know God's word and we choose our way over his ways, that is saying, God, you know what? I know what you say, but I, I, I've got this. I've got it. James chapter 1, verse 21 says this. 
Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It's able to save your butt. I mean, that's just to put it simply. It's, it's, gonna, it's able to save you wherever you are in life. And let me read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. It says, so get rid of all uncleanness and all that remains of wickedness and in humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which is implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. Let me give you the third thing real quick. Third ingredient that designs meekness in your life is submissive. Is to be submissive. Now, the statement I made after this is that the meek have their ambitions under control. Their desires, their, their, their dreams, their ambitions, things I want. It's, you know, I, I want this. I want, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And this is what I want. Listen, a meek person is always under control of its master. It's, it's gentle. God just tugs at it. It's humble. It's saying, I can't do this without you. And then it's submissive. And uh, before I explain what it means to be submissive, let me read you some scriptures here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Verse 2 says, in the Amplified, living with complete loneliness of mind, humility and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience. I like that. In other words, we're to, we're to, we're to say, God, I may have some ambitions, but it's whatever you want that I'm going to choose. Not my will, but yours be done. Does that make sense? Let me, I'll explain it even more so in a moment. But Colossians 3.12 says this. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and love, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's something that we have to put on. Uh, like I said, by, you either choose meekness or by default you succumb to pride. It's automatic. You either choose to be submissive, submitted to God, or automatically pride kicks in and that's what, what we operate in. And what is pride? It's saying, I know best, I'm going to do it this way even though I know what you say, said to do. Now, here's, 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 here's the best way that I can illustrate. I'm going to illustrate it two ways. Number one, if my wife and I were wanting to go out to eat, and we both had a restaurant, a different restaurant that we wanted to go to, the woman that my wife is, she would probably be the first one to submit. She would say, she would give up her ambition to go to the restaurant that she wanted to go to, to submit to go to the restaurant that I want to go to, and that's what submission is, is defined. That's, that's how it's defined. My uh, grandson, uh, he, was, uh, he lost his tooth Wednesday night at the help of Dan Tibbetts. <laughs> uh, 
he ran into Dan's elbow or something, and it, it was already loose. And, or his fist <laughs> ran into his fist, and uh, and so anyway, it came out uh, Wednesday night at first Wednesday, and uh, and so uh, he uh, had a note at his house, and he made us on the way home stop by his house that he had, he had written a note because his tooth's been loose for a long time. He had wrote, written a note with the help of his mom, uh, leave paper money only. <laughs> He's, I'm telling you, my, my grandson, he is an entrepreneur. He is a negotiator. He is in, already negotiating with the tooth fairy. He hadn't even met the tooth fairy. First tooth. Leave paper money only. And so on the way home, he makes, he makes us go by his house, drop by, get the note, so that he could put it under the pillow when he goes, home, goes to bed that night at our house. So, so that night, uh, my mother, when we were walking in, she, she and my grandson's not in here, so he don't. I, I'm not going to ruin his thing here. But my mother gave gave him a uh, gave a dollar, and we just had five, so we combined the two in, and he had six six dollars from the tooth fairy the next morning. Yeah, and we set his parents up, didn't we? I told my son today, you know it has to be increased next time. He has another loose one. I said, it's called inflation. And so, so anyway, here's, here's what happened. Uh, the, the day before, they had gone to Discovery Science, and I guess Discovery Science has a store in there, and he saw this ball, this glowing ball or something that was six bucks. And so he wanted to go get it. And so, uh, and so he, uh, on Friday, or Thursday, Friday? Friday. Friday, he, he wanted, it must have been Thursday. He wanted to go get that ball from Discovery Science. And I said, Grandson, why don't you save that money, put it with your other money that you already have, and just, just you know, wait and, until, you know, use it for something maybe bigger or something like that. No, I want that ball. I want that ball. I said, okay, here's, here's what I want you to do. And I did this with my son all growing up. And, and I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the living room. I want you to go talk to God and ask him if, if, if it's okay, then you can go do it. We'll go get it. And so he went in there. And he was gone for a good while. And he comes back in, and he walks back in the room as serious as can be. And he says, Poppy, I feel like God told me. And he said that, and I believe him. I, I think children can hear. I think we all can hear if we'll put our ear to it. And he says, Poppy, I feel like God says it was up to me. And I said, okay, grandson, what do you want to do? I want to go buy it. I said, okay, you're going to go buy it. Here's the point. The reason I did that is because I always want him to be submitted to God. Not my will, yours be done. Always submitting his ambitions to God because we always want God's ambition over our ambition. Does that make sense? That's a meek person. So I want to train him and, and the influence that I have in his life. I want to train him how to be gentle. 
I want to train him how to be humble. I want to train him how to be submissive. And then fourthly, I, this is another ingredient of, of being a meek person, and it's being obedient. Amen. We've got to follow through. It's not enough knowing. It's not enough uh, feeling that tug. We've got to follow through with what it is that God wants us to do. And I know that uh, this may be some simple things, but it's things that many people are not living out, and therefore they're, they're not inheriting the things that God wants them to inherit in their life, in their families, and in every area of their life. So here's the statement I made, is that meek will, will have their actions under control. And here's what I want you to understand. Please get this. God has purposely given us talents and and given us strengths, and given us abilities, and given us ambitions, but he wants it under his control because he can get us to where we need to get much better than we can. And he can get us there with all the peace that we need in our life. Too often, we go after things and we lose the peace that God has for us. I I just want to, I'm going to take you back to the very beginning one of the scriptures that I shared with you is in Psalm 37, 11. It says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. We enjoy peace and prosperity when we're being obedient. The most miserable people I know on the face of this earth are people that are dis- disobedient to God and they know it. Miserable. Constantly struggling inside. There's no peace. There's no contentment. There's an agitation that's constant there. And therefore, uh, as a result, they're trying to change things all around them. They'll change relationships. They'll change jobs. They'll change churches. They'll change hairdos. They'll change clothes. They'll change cars. They'll change, uh, they'll change towns, cities. They'll change all kinds of things. But what needs to change is their obedience. There's not anything that will resolve the agitation that is in your soul than than you adjusting and making yourself be obedient in your life. James chapter 1 verse 21 through 22 says this, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We got to put into action. I love the way the, uh, another translation puts it in verse 22. Obey the word of God. If you hear only and do not act, you are you're only fooling yourselves. Whatever God wants, it's for our protection. First, it's for our protection. He's protecting us. The reason he wants us to be obedient is it protects our life. Secondly, it's for his purpose. God has a purpose that he's wanting to accomplish. Sometimes we struggle with obedience because we struggle with believing that he's got got our best best interest in mind. He does. During this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we just came off of in August, we do it the first, we do it in January and we do it in August. We have 21 days of prayer. During that time of prayer, I was praying one Saturday morning during my prayer time. And uh, during that prayer time, I felt like God just dropped it in my heart. This radiant conference that's about to take place, I want you uh, to sow, I want y'all's church to sow that back into the women. 
He says, I want you to sow it back into the women and everyone that's already registered and paid, send their money back. I didn't hesitate. I knew as God. I didn't sit there and struggle with it. I, I, I've come to that point where I just don't struggle with it because I've, I've learned to discipline myself to be gentle, to be submissive, to be humble, and to be obedient. I didn't struggle with it. I knew it was going to be thousands of dollars. It's thousands of dollars to put on this conference. It's going to take that to make it happen. I know that we're not thousands of members. And, and I know that the income of the church is, is limited. And so I know that it was going to take faith. I knew this was going to take us stepping out. But I didn't, even, I didn't even consider, I didn't even hesitate. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey. Why? Because I know, first of all, he's got something bigger in mind. He's going to protect us, and he's got a purpose in mind. One, I know that there are some women that desperately need what we have. And we, we just need to get them in here and, and, and let them experience just, just like the worship itself, the presence of God, not to mention the ministry that's going to be taking place uh, over that Friday night and that Saturday morning. I, I believe that we're going to see lots and lots of women uh, women's lives impacted in such a rich way that our, their light has been snuffed out and when they leave we're going to see them shining in Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen? I'm excited about that. Amen. And I'm going to tell you you and I, we just need to get to that point where we're that meek person. Meek just where we're just, if God says something, we don't, we don't question it. We don't, try to, we don't try to talk ourselves out of it. We just say, Lord, whatever it is that you say, I'm going to do it. If I read it, if it's in his word, then I just do it. And when we do, that's when we inherit the land. That's when we, we experience the peace of God and enjoy his peace and that prosperity in our life. Prosperity being everything that God has provided for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.